Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. The Big Ten, from a report from the Detroit Free Press, has canceled the 2020 football season. This amid a sort of outcry from players, a movement, if you will, with the we want to play hashtag, we are united hashtag. Sam Pittman also tweeting out that hashtag. Hunter Juracek, Arkansas AD who has a son on the football team, also showing support for that. We're going to get into that discussion. We've got a lot of other stuff to talk about as well. But obviously, that is a big story. It's breaking right now. So we're going to get into that. And uh, we'll get to your questions if we have time. But there's so much to talk about on today's show, I don't know if we will. Let's get to it. Okay, obviously yesterday a lot of stuff started coming out that the Big Ten would kind of lead a charge in canceling the 2020 football season. And as I mentioned, the Detroit Free Press has reported that the Big Ten is canceling the season after a 12-2 to vote from league presidents uh, to do that. Now, the only two teams that – excuse me, universities that didn't were Nebraska and Iowa. Those are the only two teams that didn't. To me – so much of this comes down to just liability. That's that's the scare I think for a lot of these places. I mean, when you, I don't want to get too much into what you know the science is saying, what the CDC says, all of this stuff, um, but that's what it comes down to. I know that there's a lot of you know legislations you know in different states about you know liability protection. Uh, I have a friend who works in Washington, and I don't want to get, again, into politics too much, but you kind of have to a little bit. But uh, Senator uh, Cornyn from Texas has introduced a bill called the Safe to Work Act, which basically uh, would provide temporary liability protections to businesses, including colleges, hospitals, restaurants, uh, who have taken reasonable steps to protect customers and employees um, from, you know, helping to slow the spread of coronavirus, mitigating, you know, your chances of getting it, which I think makes a lot of sense. I mean, this is a virus. These businesses, universities didn't start the virus, you know, and it comes into like a balance of getting on with our lives. You know, are we able to do that if everybody's worried about getting sued? Obviously, lawyers, for the most part, don't want this. There has been some uh, senators that have come out with, attempts to try to stop universities from forcing players to sign waivers, which this bill would obviously uh, cancel out because you wouldn't need to sign a waiver because they wouldn't be liable. So I think a lot of that's what this comes down to. I mean, obviously, people are going to get coronavirus. People are going to continue to get sick. I think a lot of the players have made really good points, okay, really strong points that – the measures that are being taken on their campus are safer than what they would be at home or in any other environment. You know, just the fact of testing three times a week, uh, all the other protocols that you have in place, 
people are going to continue to get coronavirus. If our attitude is to stop people from getting coronavirus, then just shut down the world, shut down everything, ruin civilization. If that's our goal, this thing is with us. We're learning a lot more about it. There are a lot more therapeutics. For the most part, these young people aren't getting sick from it or especially aren't dying from it. Now, there are going to be cases where that happens. There's also going to be cases of people dying from the flu, people dying in car accidents. I never really thought I would actually see it, a major conference like the Big Ten cancel the football season. It doesn't feel like the SEC does. It doesn't feel like the majority of players do. And to me, if the players don't want to play, then they shouldn't. But it feels like they do for the most part. Not everyone is going to want to. Obviously, there have been players that have opted out. Before we go in much further, I want to, of course, remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already. Also available on YouTube. Throw us a thumbs up on both of those channels if you like the content. And subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload a new video. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Throw us a five-star review if you like the content on Apple Podcasts. And say something nice about it. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Right now, Hog Sports is 50% off for your first year if you choose to sign up, which is a great deal. It's 15 cents a day, 103 a week, 448 a month for the number one insider source on Razorback Sports and Recruiting. So a great time to sign up at 50% off at hogsports.com. And again, plenty of ways to watch and listen. All right. Let's get back into it now. All this is just kind of breaking right now from the Detroit Free Press. Nebraska, as I said, Nebraska and Iowa were the only two Big Ten schools in favor of playing a college football season. The MAC was the first one to do it. This was on August 8th. So the MAC was the first one to do it. Again, a smaller conference, a conference that doesn't have as much at stake, you know, as, as some of these bigger conferences in terms of the finances of it. But canceling the college football season, I mean, the financial ramifications of this are going to be dramatic, not just for football, for every other sport in the Big Ten, for Every person who works in sports. I mean, Hunter Yurchek was talking a couple weeks ago about all the cuts that they would have to make if football were canceled. So it affects a lot of people. And here's the thing. If the players were, like, largely united saying, we don't want to play, okay, that's a different story. But that's not what I'm getting. That's not what I'm seeing. I see players who have opted out. I think there's reason to be concerned. But from what I'm seeing, there is a united front developing behind the We Want to Play movement. And you see ADs like Hunter Juracek behind it, coaches like Sam Pittman behind it, based on the attitudes of their players. Everybody has a stake in this. I have a stake in this. Maybe your sanity has a stake in this. The players have a stake in this. Universities. Media. Every business is around universities. I mean, this will affect the economy. It's a big, big deal. This is where getting to a point where 
you know, now my school, you know, Fayetteville obviously had decided to go two days a week at most. And now they're, you know, five days a week with everybody else. But, um, you know, as we're getting ready to put our kids in school, you know, as universities are opening up, this comes down to being concerned about being sued, in my opinion. Nobody wants to be the guy that pulls the trigger. Apparently in the Big Ten they don't, and in the, in the MAC they don't. But there's been all kinds of stuff that comes out. You know, there was one uh, Power Five commissioner. Let's see. Let me see if I can get to that. This is some, kind of the stuff that they were saying earlier. Was like Power Five commissioners are saying, well, you know, pump the brakes. It's, it's, you know, it's just a general regular meeting. It's not that big a deal. So the players start the we want to play movement and you see i mean everybody's got uh everybody's got a reason some of it's you know you know these players are playing for their future also lorenzo lingard jr says i want to play even if we got to be locked in nothing at home for me amari rogers and james Sklasky from clemson we want to play james Sklasky said opted in again we want to play Jaden would be from Florida State. Just let the players, teams who want to play, sign a special waiver. We want to play. Jalen Jones from Texas A&M, we want to play. Kylan Hill, Mississippi State, I don't want to go home for a reason. Everybody home in my hometown, not peaceful. People getting killed every day, every week in my city. I mean, it's, it's one guy after another. People in Arkansas, too. People all over the SEC, we want to play. Uh, and it's also, you know, associated with uh, We Are United movement, which has, you know, certain certain other uh, policies in place. But from what I've seen, you know, from what we hear from players at the University of Arkansas and stuff, what we hear, you know, stuff behind the scenes uh, from coaches, administrators, is the steps that they have taken, I mean, they're making it as safe as possible. And that's all we can do. We, that's all we can do is hope to make it as safe as possible unless we want to destroy the world. I mean, that's what it comes down to by not opening up eventually. Eventually, like at what point At what point does everything get destroyed to where we say, okay, that's enough, let's open up. We've done the best we can. At what point, how many people get ruined? The businesses, the restaurants, people's finances, how, how far do we go before we say, okay, that's enough? How many cancer screenings do we miss before we say it's enough? How many domestic abuse cases? Domestic abuse reports are down for children. Hospitalizations for domestic abuse are up. There are all kinds of things like that going on. The amount of people that, you know, normally would have had cancer screenings who would have been diagnosed with cancer early, dramatically down by the hundreds of thousands. So the We Are United group and the We Want to Play group, you know, have kind of obviously they have similar goals and, you know, the same people in a lot of cases. Uh, but we all want to play football this season. This is what they say. We all want to play football this season. They want 
to establish universal mandated health and safety procedures and protocols to protect student athletes against COVID-19 among all conferences throughout the NCAA. So we've seen everybody has their own policies. The SEC is like talking testing three times a week, which I think is above and beyond. I thought two times was solid. Three times. Give players the opportunity to opt out and respect their decision. 100%. If somebody doesn't want to play, if they're worried about someone close in their family, of course, they're not, they're not going to see their family a whole lot, I guess. But, you know, if they're worried about some condition they have or if they're just worried, period, they're not sure about it, yes, opt out if you want to. If you, if you are not comfortable, you should be able to opt out and not have it affect your scholarship. Guarantee eligibility whether a player chooses to play the season or not. Use our voices to establish open communication and trust between players and officials. Ultimately, create a college football players association representative of the players in all Power Five conferences. Northwestern tried to do this not too long ago, create a union. But here's the deal, people. Like, you, you can be for some of this and against some of it, but if the players are in a position to, demand, to make demands and they want to make demands, then that's democracy. If they want to use and leverage where they are to create a players association, then they should do it and they should be allowed to do it. You can like it or not like it, but that's democracy. Crazy times going right now. As I mentioned, Arkansas AD Hunter Juracek, on behalf of the Razorback football team, that includes my son, and each of the Arkansas Razorback student-athletes that I represent, serve, support, care for, fight for, and love. Hashtag, we want to play. Sam Pittman also had a similar message. We want to play. Kids want to play. The brass doesn't want to be sued. Yes, there's a player safety component. I'm not saying they're just hard and they're only worried about being sued. Yes, I believe that there are some people that are genuinely concerned, obviously. At the same time, they don't want to be sued. Nobody wants to make the call. My personal opinion is that they have taken proper steps to make sure that this is safe as possible. And every, most of you guys know where I stand on things. I wear a mask everywhere I go. I was doing it before anybody mandated wear a mask. I was already, already a bit of a germaphobe, so I already carried sanitizer around for me. So a lot of it's like normal, aside from the, you know, keeping your distance, not shaking hands at all. But people who know me know a lot of times, if I shook your hand, it wasn't long before I would be washing my hands or spraying my hands. Um, that's just kind of how I've always been. People say it affects my immune system like that. I don't know. I haven't been sick in a day in five and a half years. Knock on wood. But my thoughts are you have to move in a direction where you can open things up without being fear, being in fear of being sued. If we're going to reopen things, that's what has to happen. I mean, if we're going to survive as a society, if we're, are we just going to let this thing just completely crumble us? Is this going to be the thing? <laughs> I mean, again, at what point, what is, what, is the, what is the threshold? And I know one life is too many to lose to this. 
But if you're sick and if you're worried, if you have an autoimmune disease, if you have a pre-existing condition, then you should take extra precaution. But if you are not concerned about it, you should still take extra precaution, but you should still, in my opinion, move about in a way where you mitigate the spread of coronavirus, but are able to continue on with your life. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. But this came out 14 hours ago. A Power 5 commissioner downplayed the emergency nature of the meeting. Two Power 5 commissioners, this is from Dennis Dodd, two Power 5 commissioners downplayed the emergency nature of today's call. This was from yesterday. They speak almost every day. That said, the seriousness of discussion is clear. No indication on whether conferences will be united in announcement. Ultimately, I have to do what's best for my league, Dodd tweeted in his report. Big 12 commissioner Bob Bowsley, Bows, Bowsby According to a tweet from the Austin American Statement, Kurt Bowles echoed Dodd's conversation. Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowsley tells me today, this is yesterday again, Power 5 Conference Commissioner meeting was a regularly scheduled meeting. We talk almost every day. He said we haven't made any decisions yet. Bowles tweeted. Bowsley also says he expects Big 12 football schedule to be completed this week. And we'll get to Arkansas and the SEC football schedule. I mean, like at this point, like the outrage of having to play Florida and Georgia on top of what was already arguably the toughest schedule in the SEC already, um, you know, kind of takes up a little bit of a backseat now to like, okay, well, we'll, you know, we'll play those games. We can have some football. This is, this is to me, like the players are the ones that can save this to me. And possibly legislation. I mean, I don't think that, I mean, my personal opinion, I agree with that. If, if, if a business is taking proper steps, a university is taking proper steps, hospital, restaurant, whatever, if they are taking the proper reasonable steps to mitigate the spread of coronavirus, they should not be held liable, in my opinion, if someone gets it at their establishment. Or, I mean, first of all, prove that they got it there. Prove that you got it here and not wherever else you were. That's, that's the first thing. Secondly, this is a virus not created by any university or any business. It's a virus. It spreads. It will spread. We shut everything down. You look at Florida. 
again, I, I know I brought this up before, but Florida opened, they closed too late, they opened too early, criticized by everybody. California had mandated lockdowns. They were out in front of everybody on locking stuff down. Fast forward to today. Same boat. They're in the same boat. There's a lot of other places that were being praised too for doing a great job and they're having outbreaks. It's a virus. So you're going to tell me we lock everything down, we lower it to where it's just a few people. This thing started with one person. Just because you shut everything down and limit the number of people that get it doesn't mean it's not just going to flare right back up again. I just I don't understand that thinking. It's a virus. It spreads. We have to get good therapeutics, which are happening. We have to have therapeutics to make this where it's, if you do get sick, you take some medicine or a shot or something like that. And maybe you're sick a little bit for a couple of days, but it dramatically reduces the number of days and you don't die from it. The scare of like for most everybody dying from it. I mean, they already say like there's a lot of studies out there that say with, with young kids, they're more at risk of uh, falling critically ill from the flu versus COVID-19. Again, it's not going to be everybody. There's going to be outliers, anomalies. But for the most part, we got to get to a point like where people are really feeling strong about therapeutics, where rapid tests, you take a test in 10 minutes, one, two bucks, which is about how much those cost. They really measure the amount of, you know, your viral load, your, how contagious you are. And people can go about their day knowing, feeling, you know, confident that they don't have coronavirus quickly. And once we get to that point, I, I, just, I don't know, I think everything changes, but uh, a vaccine is probably end of the year to next year. And not everybody's getting the vaccine. A lot of people will be scared to get the vaccine. A lot of people don't get the vaccine anyway. I get the flu shot every year. Uh, I will probably get the vaccine. I'll probably do it. I've considered even becoming, you know, being a, you know, somebody, I don't even know what the details are, but I've, I've thought about like, what I, I could do that. I would take a vaccine if it helps people. I, I consider myself healthy. I don't have underlying health conditions, at least that I know of, which I would think that most people in the, te- you know, the test pool would fall under. I know, so Cory Booker and Richard Blumenthal, um, two senators, introduced legislation. This is late last month to prohibit colleges from forcing athletes to sign coronavirus liability waivers as they return to campus. Obviously, there's a split, Democrats and Republicans. Again, I'm not going to get into politics. I, I love and am interested in politics, but I never talk about it, um, except for now. But... Obviously, the uh, Safe to Work Act would trump that. That's not a pun intended, by the way. But it would you wouldn't need to sign a waiver if everybody was covered. Okay. Let's change subjects real quick. So I knew that Arkansas would get screwed. It, it, for some reason, you just knew that in the, uh, in the cross-divisional game setup. So, every, so just for a recap. Cap real quick. Everybody knows, but we'll recap it. The SEC has gone to a 10-game SEC-only schedule, and everybody's kind of waiting to find out who their two new cross-divisional games are while keeping everything else intact. 
like the everybody else you were supposed to play in conference, keeping that intact, home away, all that stuff. So a lot of people thought they would just move up the next couple of games on the rotation for the next two years, but that's not what they did. People acted like they took this and tried to balance out the schedules as evenly as possible to make everybody equal. Arkansas, however, had arguably the hardest schedule in the SEC. A lot of people think Arkansas was the hardest schedule in the SEC. And they added Florida and Georgia. Georgia at home, Florida on the road. I wonder if they'll keep Georgia on the schedule next year because Arkansas was slated to play Georgia next year. Georgia and Florida. Georgia's number, what are they, four? Number four in the country. Florida's number eight in the country. I would love for somebody to explain to me how this is in any way fair. By the way, Alabama got Missouri and Kentucky. One person tell me that they would ever dare, the SEC would dare give Alabama, LSU, and Florida or something like that, two teams of that caliber in a situation like this. So here's what Bud Elliott says. Bud Elliott came out with an article about a week before all this was decided, okay, and basically said, okay, with Arkansas' schedule being the toughest in the Western Division, it makes sense to give them – he had this whole formula broken down about, you know, how hard the schedule is. It makes sense to give Arkansas, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. That makes sense to balance things out. The SEC didn't see it that way. They hammered Arkansas with Florida and Georgia. So his, he has this broken down from easiest to absurd, and he has Arkansas on the absurd level. Like Missouri has some complaints too. I mean, Missouri, Missouri got hammered too, but Arkansas was already playing LSU, Alabama. I mean, let's see here. So this is what he says, Bud says, what the heck? The SEC had better take care of Arkansas in the future. The jump between Auburn, Vanderbilt, and South Carolina schedules is absolutely crazy. Arkansas is more than two standard deviations higher than the average schedule. No other team is much more than a half above. Arkansas entered the day with the toughest schedule in the league, and then the league added Georgia and Florida? Question mark. This is so extreme it makes me wonder if Arkansas didn't volunteer to get these games out of the way in a year in which it knows it won't be very good. The Razorbacks only play four of the bottom eight teams in the league, by far the lowest of any team. So basically his only logic that Arkansas in some way said, we'll be the sacrificial lamb this year, just keep Georgia and Florida off in the future, near, near future. So that's what Bud Elliott, the only logical conclusion he could come to with the scheduling. It doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. So Arkansas, this is Arkansas schedule. This is what Hunter Juracek called the toughest, the most challenging schedule in the history of college football. And I'd love to find somebody who comes up with something harder. Find me a schedule that's more difficult than this. this is the, these are the teams that Arkansas plays. 60% of the teams they play are nationally ranked. And Tennessee was 26th. They were the next most receiving votes. It's almost 7 out of 10. This season, the Arkansas Razorbacks will face number three, Alabama, number four, Georgia, number five, LSU, number eight, Florida, number 11, Auburn, and number 13, Texas A&M. Come on now. 
How could you look at that as an SEC? Mark Womack, Greg Sankey, somebody justify it. Explain to me how this is just. I felt like, you know what I felt like after this was announced? I felt like it was 2009 and I just watched Malcolm Shepard take a cheap shot from a Florida player and get a personal foul called on him. That's what I. That's what I felt like. Like the the there was a like a rage bottling up. Just and it's not so much that's like. This is another thing that I tweeted, but it's not so much that this is. This is. Like the opponents, because like, the Arkansas plays in the SEC to play the best, right? This is why you're in this conference. This is why you are able to recruit the athletes you recruit. This is why you're able to build the facilities that you build because there's high interest in SEC football. It's got the best facilities, the best fans, the best support, the best players, the best teams, the best programs, the best history as a a unit. That's why you're in the SEC. But to me, it's just like blatant cast-off disrespect from the SEC. Yeah. Danny West said, it absolutely feels like they were like, dude, you know what would be so dirty? Ah, screw them, let's do it. So, but still, I mean, this is a back seat right now. Yeah, bring them. Florida, Georgia, whatever. Just play football. I want to see football, but it's not up to me so much. I hope that's the direction it goes. A lot of people do. A lot of people with vested interest you know, whether you're a business in Fayetteville that relies on the, the tourism or a hotel, whatever you are. I mean, that's going to be dramatically diminished anyway. I mean, we're talking if there is fans in the stands. I mean, that's one part of it. But these players have interest. I mean, they want to showcase their skills. The players are behind it. If the players weren't behind it, if the players were like, if this was like the movement was like, we don't want to play – then I would get behind that. If the movement was, we don't feel safe, we don't feel like the the measures are being taken properly, we don't want to play. Hashtag, we don't want to play. I haven't seen that hashtag. Bottom line, sure, obviously there's some concern for the well-being of the student-athletes, despite everything the science says. Overwhelmingly. About how these guys are going to take it. Not everybody. Not everybody. Not everybody's going to survive everything. But these guys don't want to get sued. They don't want to be the guy that puts it into action and have everything go awry. They don't want to be that guy. My opinion. Did we get a chance to talk about Isaiah Joe? I think we talked about him a little bit because it was last weekend, but uh, just briefly – Big deal with Isaiah Joe coming back. Arkansas has found itself in a lot of top 25 lists, including 24-7 Sports has updated their top 25 for 2021. I'm on record saying I think this is possibly going to be the best Arkansas basketball team in at least six years and possibly a quarter century. So Arkansas right now is number 20 in the country on 24-7 Sports. They're similar on a lot of others, except for some reason NBC Sports acts like Arkansas doesn't exist. They're not even like in the others under consideration right now. I think this is a fantastic-looking roster. I don't know if I've ever seen one so big, so diverse, with so many guys that could shoot, 
and so many un unknowns. How's the chemistry going to be? How are these guys going to bond up? So many new faces. You're pulling from everything. you got four true freshmen coming in. You have three sit ones from last year. You're just going to have two eligible because Abiyami Iola tore his ACL. So you're just going to have two of those guys. you got three grad transfers coming in. you got three returning players. What a mix. Love it. Please don't cancel basketball. I don't know if that Arkansas is going to have a team like this anytime soon. They also, more good news for basketball, they got a commitment from Chance Moore out of Powder Springs, Georgia, who is a four-star prospect on the 24-7 sports composite. Number 83 nationally on the composite. ESPN has him as high as number 45 in the country. 6'5", 195, two-guard, uh, offers from Georgia, LSU, Georgetown, Auburn, Alabama, Florida, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Florida State, Clemson, Rutgers, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, Xavier, and others. Nice get. First get in the class of 2021 for Eric Musselman. I believe we talked about Bryce Stevens a little bit too uh, for the football team who is very fast. Reported 4-3. I haven't seen an official verified time that he runs a 4-3. But uh, you can turn on his video and he just runs through people. There are like times on his video where you're just like, oh, you know, he's trying to split these guys. Obviously, he's about to get caught and he just runs right through them. Super fast. You can tell. On, I mean, whether he's 4-3 or whatever you want to say he is, the guy can fly. We've seen a lot of nice addition in terms of speed uh, for Arkansas. Number 531 overall player in the country, Baylor, Michigan, Nebraska, Oklahoma State, Tennessee, Texas A&M, and others have offered him. And then, fast forward to the 2022 class, and Arkansas got their second commitment in Dax Courtney. If you've been following along, you knew this was likely happening out of DeWitt. Another good-looking prospect. Baylor, Kansas, Kansas State, Michigan State, Missouri, Penn State, Purdue, TCU, Vanderbilt, and Memphis, among others, have offered him. Number 28-ranked tight end prospect in the country for the class, number six overall in Arkansas in 24-7 sports. 6'6", 210. So, a lot of good things happening at Arkansas. I am going to change, however, I'm going to change my profile pick on Twitter. I was thinking about this. I think when I changed my profile pick, it was not long after, I think it was January, maybe February. I think it was January. It was after Sam Pittman was hired. I think I might have some, some kind of way jinxed everything. So I'm going to change my Twitter pick after this show and see if that fixes everything from my superstition standpoint. I may have been a little bit too late for the Big Ten. I guess, did we talk about, let's see, the new weight gains came out October, August 5th, so that was only five days. So we haven't talked about all the weight changes. And there have been some definitely notable ones. First, got to start with the offensive line because that's been an area that, you know, Sam Pittman has really talked about wanting to get bigger. You know, not saying that a 275-pound man can't block a 310-pound guy, but he, will, he likes a little bit more weight. So I'm going to take you back, first of all, to – the last offensive line that Pittman had at Arkansas. Denver Kirkland, 6'5", 340. 
Sebastian Totola, 6'5", 334. Mitch Smothers, 6'3", 322. Frank Ragnow, 6'5", 312. And Dan Skipper, 6'10", 331. Which that was the largest offensive line in football, college or pro. So the biggest jump, Jalen St. John was listed at 6'5", 310. And he is 6'5", 359, which is too big. I don't know if that's a product of just having to, you know, going home, not being having access to a gym, all that kind of stuff. Probably not being able to enroll when he thought he was. So they're gonna they're working to take some weight off of him uh, to get his foot speed a little bit faster. But I mean, it's not like dramatic. Like they want to take a dramatic amount of weight off, but that's a little big. He's the biggest scholarship player on the roster, and he's just a freshman. Ray Curry Jr. and Marcus Henderson are 6'5", 320, and 6'5", 284, respectively. Henderson was like he was a little too big in high school. And he did a lot of work to, to drop weight. But he's down to 284 now, so they'll probably stack it back on him, getting back well over 300. Ray Curry is uh, just five pounds different. Myron Cunningham is up to 6'7", 325. This is a guy that played 285, 290 last year, up to 325 pounds. Ricky Stromberg checked in. His first official weight was 266 at Arkansas. And he played about 276 as a starter in 11 games last season. He was 298 in the spring, and now he's up to 311. And this was a guy, Stromberg was way overweight in high school until his senior year. He got down to about 280 his senior year. But at 320, before his senior year, at 320 pounds, he had the largest vertical leap of anybody in the country, uh, you know, at one of the opening events, who was over 280 pounds as a 320-pounder. 40 pounds over the over the limit, the, the you know, the bottom end. Dalton Wagner at 6'9", 300 last year. was 3'11 in the spring, up to 3'19". Brady Latham is up to 285, 296. Excuse me, he was 285, he's up to 296 now. Ryan Winkle from 297 to 307. Jaboise and um is at 338. He was 332 in the spring. Peyton Simpson... There's a freshman walk-on is 6'4", 360. So the two largest players on the team are freshmen. That's where everything is on the weights. So I still haven't figured out how to take questions, apparently. Let me see. I mean, they just don't, they don't show up. I don't really, I don't know. I don't know what to do on that, but they just don't even show up. Let me see if I can go somewhere. Bear with me for a second. Maybe I can go to the front page and see your questions and comments. But Facebook changed a lot of stuff lately, and there are some some things I've had problems with, obviously. Like, I mean, even getting to the page. <laughs> Here we are. Let me click it. There it goes. All right, let's see if I can come here and see any comments. So for those just checking in with you, with us, the latest report I saw, like literally right before I was getting ready to come on, was that the Big Ten is canceling football, according to the Detroit Free Press.
nope, that's not what I want. Sorry, everybody. I mean, I set it to take comments. I just, I don't know. It's not there. All right. Well, that's where things stand right now. Obviously, a lot of big news. What will happen in the SEC? I have no idea. I have no idea what to expect. But the players certainly seem behind playing a football season. For the most part, not everybody. Before we leave you guys, I want to remind you, of course, there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to throw us a thumbs up. Follow the page if you haven't done so already. Also available on YouTube, throw us a thumbs up there. Uh, interact with the video, share the video. Any of that stuff helps the algorithm and helps boost our channel. So if you comment, if you share, any of that stuff, and especially like and subscribe and hit the notification bell so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. Also on Apple Podcasts, throw us a five-star rating and submit a review if you like the content. Let everybody else know what you think about the show. Also available on Spotify and Stitcher and anywhere else that you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Hog Sports is just 50, excuse me, Hog Sports is 50% off uh, your first year right now. Or you can sign up for a dollar for your first month. And the thing about the dollar deal, once that's over and you decide you want to keep it, you're also eligible for CBS All Access for absolutely free, as long as you're not on any other promo. So good time to sign up. A lot of interesting stuff going on. I still think we're going to have football in the SEC, despite what the Big Ten did. I feel like the attitude is different down here. I hope it is. The players certainly seem to – I mean, in the Big Ten too, I mean, it's not like it's just relegated to the SEC with uh, we want to play. It's not just relegated to them, but the Big Ten still made the move which is not terribly surprising. They try to be out in front on stuff like this. So we'll see how things go. I want to thank everybody for joining me. We're going to get the question stuff figured out, but um, we'll get it figured out, I promise, at some point. The new stuff is, has been difficult for me to figure out, I guess, so I need to dive into it a little deeper. All right, everybody, thanks for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.